Perception. Perception is reality. Reality. Perception is reality. Some talk shows think all of their opinions are right. This one, this one knows they are. This is Perception is Reality. Christopher H. Bilbury is a no-nonsense, well, maybe a little bit of nonsense, political activist, local government watchdog, and all-around good Hoosier and God-fearing American citizen. Is this guy for real? Holding lawmakers accountable and educating citizens on the importance of participating in their local government with a dab of national and world politics and a little pop culture and maybe some real-life common sense. This, this is, is Perception is Reality. And this is Christopher H. Bilbrey. Corruption is present wherever politics are present. Corruption is present wherever politics are present. Is present wherever politics are present. This one will be the fourth time this month that he's talking about the same thing. Corruption is present wherever politics are present. Well, folks, that sound means it's time for another episode of Perception is Reality with Christopher H. Bilbrey. I'm your host, Christopher H. Bilbrey. How is it going? I'm doing fine. Don't worry about the sound effects. I am currently safe. I am not being detained for my political beliefs, and I hope that you're not being detained for your political beliefs either. How is it going This is the 25th episode of Perception is Reality. You can find this and all of the past episodes on all of your favorite podcast hosting sites, as well as the home address of perception.fireside.fm. How are you all doing? It's been a long and crazy week, and I feel as though we are just getting started with the craziness. At the recording of this episode, we are currently sitting at 101 days until the 2019 general election. And let me tell you, there's a bunch of craziness going on everywhere. Uh, In my home community of Winchester, there's still a lot that I need to get to. There's some craziness going on still up in Gaston. I imagine that will be covered At some point, the issues are still heating up in Anderson and Indianapolis, and the state government is starting to fire up, and I'm sure we will hit all of that at some time. But I feel as though because of the recent events, and if you're not familiar with what I'm talking about, you can find the supplemental material on Facebook by going to www.facebook.com backslash bilbury318. And if you look there, you should be able to look back over the last couple days and see what I'm talking about. What am I talking about? 
let's look at it this way, folks. The whole point of this podcast is to help teach you all out there the importance of interacting with your local government. And if you already interact with your local government, it's to help give you the courage and the strength to continue on. And if you're just looking at it from the point of view of a spectator, then of course what we're wanting to do is to get you involved. However, the events of the last couple months is really concerning, and honestly, it's very upsetting to folks. Now, me, I think it's par for the course dealing with who we're dealing with, and it makes me angry. Flat out, it makes me angry because this goes against all of the tenets of the American political system and what we're supposed to be able to do. And we're going to get into all of this for those that haven't been brought up to speed, and I know that I have other listeners that are not from the East Central Indiana area, so if you don't know what I'm currently speaking about you will know by the end of the show. So right after this quick break, we'll get right back into it. Basically, what I'm going to do is I'm going to outline what's happening, and then I'm just going to go on kind of free form for a brief period and let you know what I think about it, how I feel, how it makes me angry, and specifically how what's happening is damaging to the relationship of the people who want to be involved and the citizens with their officials and i think that this is the point we'll get into it right after this short break you're listening to perception is reality with christopher h bilbrey perception 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 is is reality reality all right so for those of you that haven't already seen on facebook and for those that are not familiar with what i'm talking about and or you live out of Indiana or out of East Central Indiana, I'm going to give you just a quick rundown. Back in May, shortly after our May 7th primary, I started coming out against a candidate running in my neighboring community. I live in Winchester in the community in Muncie, which is a larger community. It's my old former hometown. I was born and raised there. And there's a lot at play in Muncie. There is a multifaceted federal investigation into public officials. These are officials that were elected or appointed. And they are being investigated from the bottom up or the top down, however you want to say it. But they're currently looking into the administration of the Democrat mayor, Dennis Tyler, and various areas of his administration. The feds are looking into the Muncie Sanitary District, and the federal investigations from that aspect have resulted in numerous raids and search warrants. They have raided or been to City Hall on two or three occasions to take records and to look for information. There have been numerous indictments against officials or people connected to officials. And there's also a Department of Justice investigation into the police department 
and specific officers reference use of force and brutality, police brutality situations. Now, I have to say, as I've always said, as a former police officer, nobody is more pro-law enforcement than I am. And I will not Monday morning quarterback police officers' decisions in use of force issues. But, as any good police officer or former police officer will tell you, they are the first to call out bad policing because the police officer's job is hard enough just as it is. If you have a bad cop, it's going to make it harder on everybody else, and that's just the case. Yes, there are good and bad in every employment But if you've got a shitty McDonald's employee, yeah, you just fire him and it goes on. If you've got a bad cop, it makes it rough for literally everybody else on the department. Even the civilian employees. It's it's really rough. So, if something is going on there, you know, time will tell and everything done in the dark will come to light. I very much believe that. But because of this corruption, the citizens of Muncie are at least claiming that they're tired of it. Now, the primary election results and the numbers of voters didn't really show that. But I think that there's a lot of apathy there. I'm hoping that the vote totals in November are going to be better, but time will tell. However, that doesn't stop citizens from saying that they're sick of what's going on, they're sick of the corruption, and they're tired of the bullshit. They're ready to get Muncie on a new track with new people. As a result of that, Muncie has had a large number of candidates coming out and deciding to run for office. Hell, back in the primary, there were like 25 council candidates for nine spots. So, back in May, as you will remember, it was really before the podcast in this form kicked off, I was doing candidate interviews in which I interviewed all of the candidates that were willing to interview. I interviewed the majority of the mayoral candidates, I interviewed almost all of the council candidates, save for like two or three that either wouldn't do it or we couldn't get it done. And so I gave my support and my endorsements to people who I felt, you know, were the best for Muncie. And at that time, I gave my endorsement for a current sitting elected council member. She was one of three at-large members. She is the Democrat counselor, Nora Powell, and she's running for re-election. She's been on the council since 2011, and prior to 2011, she was a very outspoken citizen against the Sharon McShirley administration. McShirley was a Republican, 
and Nora was very outspoken against her. Now, she would go back and forth in the newspaper forums back in those days. That was kind of like the beginning stages of social media and how people act on social media. And she would really rally against McShirley and everything that McShirley was doing. Now, Nora Powell came up in a very political household. She is the stepdaughter of a longtime local Democrat politician, and her mother is very politically active and really rallies hard on the left side. These are liberal people, okay? And so Nora was very outspoken against the Republican mayor. Now, I'll tell you, at the time, I was also outspoken against McShirley because what she was trying to do to the Muncie City Police Department. At the time, I was a Republican, and so Nora and I, even though we did not know each other really back in 2008, I knew who she was, and I knew how she was outspoken against McShirley. And it was almost kind of like the enemy, my enemy is my friend thing, but we never interacted. And when she won her seat in 2011, it was clear she was a 214 loyalist. And for those of you that don't know what 214 is, 214 is the address of the Democrat Party headquarters. And it's what folks in this area refer to as the Democrat way of thinking the Democrat stronghold. If there's a Democrat that's a party loyalist and does what they all want, we call them like a 214 person. Or, you know, when Democrats run, they'll say if they're a 214 Democrat or they're a dissonant Democrat, which is somebody who doesn't go along with 214. So that's kind of what we're talking about for those that are playing along in a different area. So it was very clear that Nora Powell was a 214 loyalist and went along with the party. At the time, she would vote with all of the other Democrats straight down party lines. She voted for everything that the Democrat mayor wanted, which was Mayor Dennis Tyler, also a lifelong Democrat. And it was just very clear Well, then in 2014 and 2015, which was the last municipal election, at that time, Dennis Tyler did not have a mayoral candidate challenger. There were no Republicans that challenged his run for mayor for re-election. And the Democrats were all re-elected and were back in their seats, and almost instantly, the FBI investigation started. And yes, I know what you're thinking, it's 2019. Yes, the investigation has been going on for four years, with no real sign that it's anywhere closer to wrapping up. There's actually an official who is currently serving federal time for his role in these crimes related to corruption. So this is a very real thing. And shortly thereafter, the 2015 election, where these people all won re-election, Nora Powell, safely in her council seat, and arguably one of the most powerful people in local government because of her position as the chair of the finance committee, which means she's like the boss of the purse strings. She went to her mentor, the ever-despicable master of puppets and 214 mastermind, Phil Nichols, 
and his henchman and Templeton the Rat impersonator, Mike White, to determine how she was going to get elected again because the writing was on the wall that this FBI investigation was looking at corruption. And lo and behold, most of the corruption at this point happens to be coming from the left side of the aisle. And so I think everybody knew after getting through the basically non-existent 2015 election that 2019 was going to be difficult. And so sometime in about 2017, the maybe end of 17 into 2019, Nora Powell started really kind of going after the mayor at the time, who was of her same party, still Democrat Mayor Dennis Tyler, and she was calling him out, and she was kind of setting herself up as almost a rival of Dennis Tyler. Now, let's look at the actual facts of the situation. Dennis Tyler was a lame duck mayor. He was not running for re-election. He was, at the time, nobody really knew it, but he was on the outs with the Democrat Party, meaning him and his friend Phil Nichols were at odds. And so with Nora being groomed by Phil Nichols and Mike White to take over the reins, she was going to be 214-2.0. Nora Powell was Phil Nichols 2.0. She is the queen of 214. With her being raised to be the queen of 214, she had their backing. She could go after Mayor Dennis Tyler. I mean, it didn't really matter because after this year, he is basically done. So it he was an easy target. I'm not saying he didn't necessarily deserve various attacks or people going after him because of his connection to the corruption or what's happened with all of that and the FBI investigation because he's definitely getting it from the Republicans. But what this did was this allowed Nora to look as though she was kind of teamed up with the Republicans. Now you're starting to get it. Now she's able to say, well, look at me, Republicans. I am going after Dennis Tyler, too. You can vote for me. And she bats her big eyes, and she fluffs her hair, and she sits up there and acts like she has had some kind of come-to-Jesus meeting, or she's seen the light, and that now she is clean from 214, which is just absolute trash. That's not what is going on at all, because she's not clean from 214. She is the queen from 214. So, various people bought into this early on in the 2019 primary election cycle, and I'm going to be perfectly honest. I was one of those people that started to buy it. Now, she acted as if she was giving me good inside information, and we spoke on the phone and through text message and through messenger quite often. 
and she acted as though she was giving me good information. And what she was doing was attempting to use this platform to help sell her story that she was not a big, scary 214 corrupt politician, but she was rather fighting for the people and giving volume to your voice. Which we now know is not accurate, but some people originally bought into it, and I myself also bought into it. But then quickly after the election, and using thoughts and feelings and things that she had said leading up to, I come to the conclusion that she was lying. I caught her in many lies. She said many things to me about Phil Nichols and Mike White, and it just didn't add up. And then we quickly come to the understanding that, no, nothing's changed. She's 214 all the way. Matter of fact, she's the queen of 214. And she is trying to do what she can to get her seat one more term so that in four years from now, she can run for mayor against whoever wins this election cycle for mayor. And that's the plan, ladies and gentlemen. Let's face it. So quickly there after the election, and I'm talking about like two days after the May primary election on Tuesday, May 7th, I started putting the information together and coming out against Nora because what I saw was massive corruption. Now, it wasn't something that the FBI was looking into, or at least I don't have any information that they were at this time. And it didn't seem as though anything was necessarily illegal or criminal, and I'm not certainly saying that. I'm just saying it didn't seem like it was in line with what I was hearing from many voices of citizens in Muncie that wanted a clean start. Nora was just more of the same. And so another person in Muncie who was a former candidate running against and or with Nora because there are three at-large council seats. And so at the time of the election period before the actual primary election day, Nora acted as if she was running with this gentleman who was a Democrat candidate, Audie Barber. He's a citizen of Muncie. And Nora told me many times that they were running together, that she was friendly with him and she wanted him to win. Now I know that to be factually inaccurate. And she was just using him. And he, at this point, learned that he had been used. And so he started to speak out against her and say what had happened, and I started to. Well, short period after that, I receive an anonymous letter. I get a lot of anonymous communications with people, and I received an anonymous letter telling me that I needed to review records between Nora Powell and the president of the Muncie Police FOP the Fraternal Order of Police, the union that looks out for the Muncie Police Department. And I was told that there would be communications between Nora and the president, Chris Deegan, and that 
I would find that she was giving inside information to him when they were in the middle of the contract negotiation. Keep in mind, Nora is the chair of the finance committee. And so if she was in fact giving him inside information, that could be extremely damning to her re-election bid, which she needs to protect at all cost. And so now I know that after I filed that records request, it was on. And what I mean by that is, I didn't know this at the time, but I do know it now, that after I filed that records request with the city of Muncie, that police officers started running my information and police officers started running the information of Mr. Barber. And it wasn't all of them. It was just a very few number of officers, a select few. And the only connection there is speaking out about Nora Powell. So what the perception is, is that Nora either requested these officers to run our information in an attempt to get our stuff to be able to get information to help silence us or to help scare or intimidate us from speaking out against her. And she either asked them to do it or for whatever twisted sense of loyalty, they felt a connection to her that they felt that they needed to do this. And so she either asked them to do it or they took it upon themselves to do it for her. And either one of those reasons is bad and either one of those reasons is wrong. Okay? Let's be perfectly clear in what I'm saying. I started getting my information pulled. Mr. Barber started getting his information pulled. At this time, we were speaking out against Nora Powell. We're both still speaking out against Nora Powell. Other people are speaking out against Nora Powell. Who knows if their information's been ran? I guess we'll find out when they check. But here's the situation. Along with them pulling our information, Nora Powell was going about her way of slandering us. She was telling people that she was being threatened and that she was having other problems with Mr. Barber and myself. And I'm here to tell you flat out, angrily, that that is bullshit. There was never any problems. There were never any threats. There were never any intimidation. She was not being harassed. She is a publicly elected city council member in the spotlight as an elected official who is currently running a campaign for re-election and she can't handle the heat of citizens and journalists looking for information and speaking out about her using their First Amendment right and using the very tenets of the backbone of the American political system that says you can support who you want and you cannot support who you want and you can campaign for whatever candidate that you want and you can campaign against 
whatever candidate that you want. And it is the duty of the citizens of the community, and it is the duty of the press and of journalists and investigative journalists and podcasters to look into the actions and hold accountable these officials. These officials are not untouchable. These officials are not people that cannot be brought down because of their actions. But rather, these people are servants who work for you and me, and they will be held accountable, and transparency will be king. Not the queen of 214. She's not the boss. The people are the boss. And so you have a situation here in which an official who is running for re-election is using the city police as a war team, as her muscle. And I don't care if you're Democrat or you're Republican or you like Nora Powell or you don't like Nora Powell or you don't have a clue who Nora Powell is. If you're listening to this from California, you have to agree that this act is a most disgusting, despicable, inexcusable act. This is something out of Russia, 1930. This is not something that Americans should fear or feel or understand anything about. You know, there are a plethora of newspaper articles of all kinds of charges being filed against people who were running for office, who had some kind of access to databases or records, and they did this kind of stuff. And they were charged. And now you have Nora Powell who feels as though she is invincible and cannot be touched. And so I demand the current administration and the current city council and all city officials and county officials, for that fact, to come out and condemn these behaviors. I ask that the current candidates running in municipal elections come out wholeheartedly against this. Republicans and Democrats and citizens come out condemning these actions. Because listen up, folks. The shoe can always be on the other foot. When Nora's not in power and when somebody else is in power... They can do the same thing. And we get into a situation in which electioning is not equal. That it's the people who have the power to find the information out to lord over you and try to scare you and silence you and intimidate you from being involved and from running for office or campaigning for a candidate running for office or having your say. This goes against the very fundamental first right 
of the Constitution of the United States of America. This is beyond disgusting. And if there is an official or there is a candidate that is unwilling to condemn these acts, then that official should not be in their position. And that candidate should not be in their position. Now let's listen to this just a moment, folks. I know I've been fired up. And I know I've been yelling for the last five to ten minutes. You can hear it in my voice. I'm losing my voice. Talking and telling people about this and recounting this and listening to the folks and communicating. In the last four or five days since this information has been out, I have taken and made or placed or received nearly 1,000, 1,500 phone calls, emails, text messages about this. The citizens of the community of Muncie are irate over this. And citizens from communities all in across Indiana cannot believe that this is happening. How disgusting of the city of Muncie, of the officials of the city of Muncie, of Nora Powell, to think that she can do this type of action and behavior and get away with it. Now, I understand that I've been a little heated, but I'm not threatening anybody. I'm not a problem. Nobody needs to be scared. Here's what happens. My way of getting back or getting even is by making sure she's not elected to office, is by making sure that she, after this election cycle, goes back into the private sector. I don't wish anything bad for her. She will think that what I'm saying is bad because I don't want her to be a city councilor anymore. But I wish her well. I don't wish anything bad for the police officers. I don't have enemies from my point of view. Now, these people probably hate me. I don't hate any of these people. I just don't want Nora Powell or anyone that supports Nora's sick and twisted campaigning style to have any power. Politics does not look good on Nora. She can't control herself. And we could take Nora's name out of it. And we could use Jim Bob Johnson. If Jim Bob Johnson was doing this action, then Jim Bob Johnson should be spoken out about. And Jim Bob Johnson's fellow elected officials should condemn his behavior, should condemn this style of campaigning because it's dangerous. No wonder nobody's coming out to vote. Everybody's too scared to. Now, when you're an elected public official and you're slandering private citizens and journalists, we have a real problem. We have a problem that needs to be addressed. This, to me, is like stuffing ballots or throwing votes away. This is right up there with some of the most heinous, corruptive, political shit 
because this stops people from being a part of the process. What do or do we now have a dictator on our hands? What happens when she runs for mayor? What steps is she willing to go to then? What happens by God if she's elected mayor? When she's in charge of the police, who will have to fear what? We really need to understand, folks, that this is a black eye on the American political system and process. That this is a disgustingly dark day for local election. That this goes against the very principles of this podcast and what I preach to you. You all hearing this, I understand if none of you want to participate. And that gets me angry. Because America is the most beautiful, best, important, wonderful nations in the world. And Indiana is probably the best of all 50 states. And I know that Muncie has its problems and Winchester has its problems. But I love and I'm proud of the town and the city, the Delaware County that I was born in and raised in. And I love being in Muncie. And I love my hometown of Winchester. And I know that both communities have problems and all communities have problems. But as citizens of these communities, we have to work to clean these cities up and to take care of them and to be in love with our communities. But the officials, when doing this behavior, makes that nearly impossible. Now I'm saying this is a scary and intimidating thought because it leads to the belief that if you speak out against this candidate or some other candidate, that they might be willing to use tactics to shut you down or to stop you or silence you that are not good. And that's something that we can just not allow. And that's why we need to keep raising our voices and keep coming together and demanding better of our officials and of our candidates. Let me tell you, folks, I speak truth to power all the time. I have a podcast in which I get on and try to help you understand the importance of engaging. And I preach to you that we should come together, citizens, acting for the betterment of our communities and our government, and we need to get involved, and we need to get registered to vote, and we need to be informed, and we need to go to the polls, and we need to go to the meetings. We need to know who our candidates are, and we need to ask questions of them. And when they're doing good, we need to praise them. And when they're doing bad, we need to boot their asses from the seats. And I ask you to join with me, whether you live in my community or your community or a faraway community, become a citizen who's engaged and who's wanting to better your government through your citizen involvement. Now, Yes, this is scary. Yes, this could happen to you. I very much believe that this has happened to others in the past. 
in all kinds of communities. Probably happened to people right in Muncie, right in this very community. I know that this is a scary thought. But that's the important reason why we have to come together as citizens. Because if it was just me facing these people, I might not do it. But I do it because I know that I have you guys. You that listen to this show, you that share this information, you that communicate with me, and you that are willing to stand up with me and for me while I'm willing to stand up with you and for you. I know that this can be scary, but if we stand up together, we can overcome this. Now, I don't know what's going to come from this, but I do know this. The demand that I've made to the elected officials It stands, and it will stand. And they better make the right decision because November is coming. And I don't know what to say. I don't know how anybody can say that this type of thought is okay. If you can make the argument for what's happened here, please give me a call. On the show, I'll have you on the show, and we'll talk about it. And I won't treat you like crap. I won't be mad at you. We'll have a nice, civil discussion. If you can make an argument for why this is okay, please call the show at 765-546-9796. If you can make the argument how this could possibly, possibly be okay, Give me a call at 765-546-9796 or text me at that number or email the show at khbilbrey at gmail.com because I honestly don't know how anybody could make the argument that this is okay. If you remove me, if you remove Audie, if you remove Nora, if you remove us from this equation, this is not okay. If you put different officials in in different cities. This is not okay. This is reminiscent of Russia and other states where you have a police state and you can't speak out about the officials. This is not conducive to the way of thinking that we have about politics and the political system here in the United States of America in which we have the First Amendment to the Constitution. And keep in mind, I'm saying, no matter who it is, if you have an elected official that is asking police to utilize their service to get information or you have police that feel as though they owe it to the candidate or the official to use their information to help silence, scare, bully, intimidate citizens or critics that are speaking out or journalists that are digging for information and speaking out against the said official or candidate That is a very, very dangerous precedent to set.
and make sure that you know what we're talking about, and that is running people's information through a state system that should only be used when police investigations are being ran or during traffic stops or so on. It's not information that can just be ran because somebody is simply speaking out against an official or a candidate. That is not an appropriate use. Running driver's license information, running background information, giving that information to officials or candidates so that they or their team or their committee or the officers helping them can utilize that to scare, bully, or intimidate people. That is not okay. And all of this is governed by code and by Indiana law. And some of it can be illegal. Keep this in mind, folks. This is not just me bringing some information up and rallying against this. Let me make sure for those that are playing at home, both in Muncie and far, far away, you understand. I'm not just saying that this is a problem. The Indiana State Police, who police these records and police the police that use these records, have issued a violation against the Muncie City Police officers that have done this. Let me make sure that you understand the email that came to me from the Indiana State Police said as much. Misuse of IDACs is governed by the Indiana Administrative Code. The Muncie Police Department has been issued a notice of violation for misuse of the system related to queries of your information. And Mr. Barber received one of these emails as well. So the state police has issued a violation to the Muncie City Police Department. And let's be very, very clear here. Nora going around telling random police officers that she's been threatened and she's had problems with me and with Audie Barber. And then those police are then pointing us out while we're sitting in a public meeting ready to listen to public officials carry on about government business and here these police officers are pointing us out to other police officers when we're not really sure what's going on. We didn't know this was happening behind the scenes and they're acting as though we're suspects in some kind of crime. Never mind the fact that no police report has ever been filed. That Nora Powell, as a council member or as a citizen, has never filed a report against Mr. Barber. She has never filed a report against myself or against anyone else in that fact. But yet she's able to low-key have the police watching us and keeping an eye on us and running our information. That is all kinds of messed up. I would rather say make the report and let's go to court because there I can defend myself and know what's being alleged about me rather than you continuing to slander me in an attempt to shut me down and silence me. 
How does that work for you? How is it working? And then when citizens are asking you questions on your official social media pages, you just continue digging a deeper hole for yourself in deleting legitimate questions by your voting constituents trying to hold you accountable for the crap that you're doing. Nora Powell and all other elected officials everywhere, you will be held accountable and transparency will occur whether you are in office or you're not in office because you've been elected out by the citizens who are tired of the crap. As Jeffrey Lebowski, better known as the dude, said when he so eloquently quoted George Bush. This will not stand, you know? This aggression will not stand, man. Perception. Perception is reality. Reality. Perception is reality. Well, that's going to do it for this episode. Episode number 25 of Perception is Reality with Christopher H. Bilbrey. The name of this episode is called Integrity. And you either got it or you don't. And I honestly don't know what's going on with that kind of thinking. But if you don't have it, we're going to elect candidates that do have it. A better class of candidate for our communities. And that's just the bottom line. Now, this was a really big first rant episode. And I apologize for that, but I'm heated. I'm steamed. I'm pissed off. And so should you. You should be pissed off too. Candidates for office should be pissed off. Current elected officials should be pissed off. And our brave men and women in uniform, our police officers, the heroes of our community should be pissed off because this, what has happened and what is coming to light is disgusting. It's despicable. And there is no excuse, no excuse for it. I want to thank you for listening to this episode. But more importantly, if there's ever been an episode that you have shared, this is going to be the one. Episode 25 of Perception is Reality is one that you're going to want to share with everybody that you know all over the place, anywhere in the United States, but specifically if they live in East Central Indiana. You're going to want to share this information with them. You can find it at all podcast hosting sites, but you can specifically find it at the home station of perception.fireside.fm. I want to thank you for listening to this episode and for passing this episode along to your friends and family and everybody else that you know. And for all of us here at Perception is Reality, I want to say God bless, take care of one another, love each other, and we'll talk to you again real soon. But before we wrap up, I want to leave you with a couple quotes from the woman of the hour. Accountability is how we build trust. We need to make sure that we're being accountable as council persons with our constituents. Just that perception of corruption damages our community. Perception. Perception is reality. Reality. Perception is reality. Reality. You've been listening to Perception is Reality. 
with Christopher H. Bilbrey. Bilbrey. Tune in, like, and subscribe at perception.fireside.fm. Hook up on Facebook at facebook.com backslash Bilbrey318. And on Twitter at PISRBilbrey. Email khbilbrey at gmail.com. Or get off your butt and call the show at 765-546-9796. Till next time, remember, perception Perception is is reality. reality. This has been Perception is Reality with Christopher H. Bilbrey, where we aim for better government through citizen involvement.